Okay, hello everybody and welcome to Investing with IBD sponsored by MarketSmith. Today is March 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Arusha Paris, and with me again... Dude, you cannot get rid of me. <laughs> back. I have not left this spot. I've been waiting. <laughs> I, do I even need to introduce you anymore? I almost think that it should be Investing with IBD with Mike Webster always. Mike and Arusha. Yeah, well, maybe we should just call That's that. a team, dude. Okay, Mike man. Webster is here again, head of market <laughs> strategy at Investors Business Daily. Thanks for being here once again, Mike. Of course. My, my new co-host. Yes. You know, Chris Gessel in the in the very beginning started off, did the first three episodes. It was, it was us three. And I asked him, when is he... Uh, are, when is he going to finally leave the show? And he left and he never came back. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come back. So I don't want to say that to you because I always have a lot of fun having you on the show. And uh, now it's also your show because you well, are, I'm, I think, the, 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 the one with the most tenure now. Yeah, I think so. And I, I can't wait to get back out into, you know, Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. can you see that? Well, yes. Oh, no, that's beautiful. And, okay. and I mean, if you. I mean, I, I've always said that I, I think I was born too late or born too early because yeah. I would have loved Woodstock and I would have loved if I was a little bit younger right now using all the technology. I know. So on right once now. this coronavirus is done, I cannot wait to get back out and see some concerts. We got to do it true. together, that's, right? That's true. No, we, we definitely will. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk, of course, about the crazy current market. Uh, we In segment two, we will go over some more historical precedents. We didn't get a chance to finish all of them uh, last week, so that's why we're bringing Mike back on. He has so, much, uh, great, so, so many great examples of fall through days and how these, uh, some of these really volatile markets, how they looked back in the day, and some of the rules that we can take from those periods and use them today. So we'll do, spend more time on segment two. We'll have it a little bit longer. And <clears> then... We will end the episode with three current stocks. Okay, so let's get into the current market, and, and the market is still in correction. But here's the thing: we are now only one big day away from a fall <laughs> through day on higher volume, right? We need a higher volume yeah. and back in an uptrend. Yeah, Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, well, let's look at the Nasdaq on a daily chart to kind of walk through where we're at, because this is um, a lot of the segment too. We're going to be looking at similar type of um, charts like this, and the, you know, it's good to you know, it's always good to listen to these podcasts. But I think the one that we did last week, plus this one, because of all the historical charts, you should at least try to watch it once so you can um, see the chart. So what we've been in this uh, really serious correction bear market. Um, just since mid-February, and it's gone straight down. And we have some examples like that that we're going to um, show in a little bit. But, you know, that's a lot of damage. And when something like that happens, you know, you know plummeting down, it, it brings up all this fear, anxiety with traders, with um, just normal investors, people who don't trade. They start, you know, pulling money out of their 401ks. Then mutual funds have to sell. And it's kind of snowballs until eventually you hit bottom. And then you attempt a rally. And that's what we're in right now. We're in an attempted rally where we've hit bottom and we have this, what we call a pink rally day, which two days ago, we had that day where you took out your, your prior week's lows. So that ended our, um, our other attempted rally that we had, because once you take out the lows, it resets your, um, what you're looking for. Now, at that point, you're looking for a rally day. 
because on that down day, um, it closed in the upper half of the range and we didn't have a gap to deal with, um, that you, that was your true range. It was in the sixties. It was like 64% um, or something like that. Right. So as yeah. long as it's more than 50%, right. Exactly. It was, um, yeah, 64, almost rounded like up to 65. Yeah, let, let me use the little thing here. So, uh, like, oh, God. Yeah, to, it's 65%. It's a 65. I'll take, yeah. your, take your word. Yeah, 64.85. So um, we're rounded at 65%. So that's more than enough. But not only um, is it, you know, enough, meaning a 50% closing range is what we're talking about. If you've never heard that term before, it's just simply where the stock or the index in this case closes within the bar. So if you close at the top of the bar, the high for the day, it's a closing range of 100. If it's at the bottom, it's closing range of zero. And right in dead in the middle is 50. So with a pink rally day, meaning you're coming down in a rally, you've undercut lows, uh, you're looking for a rally day. If you're able to bounce off that low and close in the upper half, then we consider that day one of our rally attempt. That's right. all it is. You don't take right. any action. You just start counting and then you wait. So we had day one, then we had a right. really powerful day two um, yesterday. And that's what you'd like to see that, that this rally continuing. So that was great action. And then today we had great action until right near the close. And there's all this drama in DC and whenever, you know, this kind of, doesn't it remind you of back in 08 when they were trying to pass some bills? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it, it was anytime we had some really bad news, the, the market would just sell off tr really heavily, right? And and I, I didn't pay attention to it that much back then. I was on the sidelines. I, I was actually in business school at that point. But every time I came out and saw the TV, I was like, we're down 700 points. You know, I think they had the dial on, um, at that on CNBC, just a ticker. And it was just like unbelievable, the swings. Uh, so that that's why it's so important when you're in these really volatile times to observe, but, you know, keep your hands tied. Right. Don't exactly. do anything uh, because from ha every is like th every 30 minutes you're going through like a bull or bear market, it seems like. Uh, and, and so if you're acting on these things, you're, you're going to be uh, regretting it uh, very, very soon. Yeah, unless you're a day trader and there's That's nothing true. wrong with that. You know, it, if you're a day trader and you know what you're doing and you have good risk management, this is a great environment because, like you said, you have a bull market almost every day and a bear market almost every day. Right. But for those of us who don't do that, that's not what I do. That's not what you do. You're sitting on your hands and you're waiting because you can get events like this that, that happened today. And this really reminded me of 08. And, you know, at that time, um, you know, we were on the sidelines, but I was sitting watching, you know, C-SPAN and watching, they even had it on uh, CNBC for a while where they had the floor and, and you're watching the votes and you're sitting here, you know, finding out if they had enough votes to, to pass these critical bills. And that's where we're at right now. So you've got the, you know, everyone's fighting and everyone, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but you got that situation going on until it gets resolved where it's actually signed, it's not a done deal. And that's what happened today at the very tail end. Um, there was some news out that, you know, certain senators were, were, you know, kind of pushing back. And so the market just felt because it doesn't like uncertainty and we need this bill to pass to move on to the next you know, phase of hoping that people start getting better. Yeah, but, and I, I, th I think another big reason why they said let's hold off one more day 
is because if they pass it tomorrow, it'll be day number four, and we could go into an uptrend then. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, they were looking out. They're, for they're us. looking at the rules too. Yeah, they were. They were looking out for us. They knew the IBD rules were day four, which brings us back to we had our pink day rally day. <laughs> right. You're such a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> um, so I get to have some conspiracies later. We'll, we'll circle back to that. So we had our pink day rally day. That's day one. We had a powerful day the next day, really powerful day two, great action. Today, um, it was breaking out of that little range. And you see that, can you draw on there that range that we've well, let me over? Try. We're, we're, we're using Zoom right here. Oh, then don't and worry so, about it. But you can just see on the chart over the last week. You know, so uh, what, what do you want me to draw? Uh, no, down below the, the trading range that we've uh, been in for the last week and a half that we've moved up through today. Oh, okay. Um, so anyways, we're going back and forth with this really violent action. Exactly. So then once we went through it, it was key that we were able to stay above it. Well, we right. were above it until the end of the day. So this action is not good um, the way we came in. So it sets itself up to come in lower uh, tomorrow and possibly even you know test you know the 7,000 range. But it's completely news dependent um, you know uh, on just uh, how DC get if they get their act together or or not. But yeah, my, Mike, one thing that does yeah. concern me is that gap right there. You know, yep. it potentially could come back and get filled, especially sure. if it goes back in that trading range. So, so that's another thing to 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 be aware of. Maybe maybe the the bill disappoints the expectations and all that kind of stuff. But we'll worry about that later. Yeah, exactly. Which is why we have the the system that Bill created. And I just want to give a big happy birthday to Bill O'Neill. It's his it's his birthday yeah, today, and and the happy most birthday, special Bill. person around. So happy birthday. Um, and even though this is going to be released tomorrow, the day after his birthday, but the, um, getting back to this, yeah, we could certainly fill that gap, which would be normal. Um, but we're sitting on our hands waiting for the follow through day, con uh, to happen. The concept right. that he came up with decades ago, which is another big update on an increase in volume from the prior day. So that's what we're looking for at this point is to hold above the pink day rally, um, could you just point to that, the low yep. of that? So here, here's your pink day rally. So. Yeah. So we want to hold above that and we can just wait and it can happen on the 10th day. We've even studied, you know, uh, Charles Harris, Justin Nielsen, and I you know, did a ton of work studying follow throughs historically. And there's some that have happened in the 28th day. It doesn't happen very often, but typically it's between the four and 10 or four and 12th day. Mm -hmm. um, so tomorrow is day four. So we'll see how that plays out. I want to so look at a monthly chart Let's go chart to the real quick. monthly chart now. Okay, so here's the NASDAQ on a, on a monthly chart. Yeah, so the important point here is I've talked a lot about this long-term precedent, the 1949 to 1966 precedent. And at this point, we've, we've penetrated a, a very... Uh, important uh, trend line. Now, if we're able to move up, we'll be back above that. And that that's a signal to, um, as long as we have a follow through, to be aggressive right. as you move higher. But as we stay below that, that key level, which we are right now, then you want to be more conservative because the assumption is we're not in that major bull market unless we can get above that trend line. Let's. You want to switch over to the Dow now? Yeah. So yeah, let's look at the Dow on a daily chart because this is interesting. You know, I always talk about how I don't look at the Dow because it's really not a relevant 
um, index other than everyone looks at it. All the media looks at it. You know, yeah. anyone who doesn't trade looks at, you know, oh, the Dow is up a thousand points. It's down a thousand points. But it's price weighted versus all the other indexes that are market cap weighted, meaning the more valuable your company is, the more weighting it gets. Whereas with the Dow, because it's old school, um, they couldn't do it back then. They didn't have computers. So they just did it on based on your price of your stock, which we know by itself is not a relevant factor. So that's why I don't follow it. Plus, it's only 30 stocks and they're handpicked. So but yesterday there was a lot of press about um, it being the biggest day since 1933. Can you do a track price on that to show how much it was yep. up? Um, so what? It's up 11.37 percent. Yeah. So if you have the news on at all yesterday, you heard that it was the biggest day since 1933. And I thought, wow, that's great. You never hear in the news anything about the 30s. And last week when we did the podcast, we were looking at the 30s. So why don't we um, take a look at that table real quick that we. Um, Justin Nielsen put together for us, and it's the biggest up days that we uh, that the Dow has had on a percentage basis, going all the way back to 1900. Um, and it, let's see if we have that. Okay, so at the very top is that date that they're talking about, March of 1933 on down. And, and as you go through here, you'll see most of these days happen during um, bear markets and severe bear markets. So we have a lot in the 30s. We have, you know, that one in the 87, a couple in, in, in 2008. Um, but then you have the one on March 24th, um, the, you know, yesterday uh, at 11.37. So I thought it was very interesting. And we should just circle back to that chart real quick in, in the, um, of the Dow. Perfect. So up at the top of the chart where it's um, 386, um, uh, points. This is a weekly chart, and that's prior to the um, the 1929 crash. And this is something that we looked at last week. And you can see in here a lot of those spike ups, you know, those moves um, up uh, were during uh, this prolonged bear market. So don't get excited when you have big up days. Um, and that's kind of the point of this little part of the segment: is one big up day doesn't mean anything. And so we came down, we hit the 4056, which was just like uh, what happened in 2002. You had this quick 100% rally up to 8139. And then you went through these multiple waves down, which is just like um, what happened in 2003. And we're going to circle back to those in segment two. So let's take a look at the daily chart here. And this was your actual follow through. Um, that happened. And this is before that big day that everyone's talking about. So this is your fourth day up. You have a pickup in volume. Um, and you're up, up in the top right-hand corner, you can see that you're up 2.47%. So it's way more than enough percentage. Typically, historically, it's just been 1% that, you, that you've needed. Um, and it looked right. By looking right, meaning, you know, the close and the, they're, the upper half of the range and the volume looked right. It doesn't have to be above average. This one was, but you want it to be higher than the than the prior day. And um, do you have any thoughts on this particular chart? No, I mean it looks like a fall today. Um, it uh, it it fit the definition of, yep. of, of the fall today, right? And and so then you just got to treat it like that. Yeah, so let's go to the next one because this this is a day that everyone keeps talking about, that, that big up day in 1933. 
which I think is just a little disingenuous because um, what happened there, you can see we were just flat for a week. That's because there was a bank holiday where they were looking into the solvency of banks. So the market wasn't open. So when you have a market that's closed for a week and then it, it reopens, you have all those pent up days of demand or selling pressure. So seeing that big move up that 15% is really, it's more what that move would have been stretched out over a week. So sometimes when you hear part of the news, it's not the entire, the entire news and an enormous volume. So this would be what we would call an additional follow through day. So you already had your fourth day follow through. Right Now you had another day in this, yep. you take more action on this day. Uh, let's go out to the and next And then you slide. can see, yeah, and then you can see it ended up, you know, pulled back a little bit, but then it ended up, uh, and a lot of times these falter days, that's what happens, right? They take a little bit of time off, but underneath a lot of leading stocks are now starting to break out of bases, starting to move up. And that first month sometimes is scary after the, the falter day, it leads to a great rally, but you get your positions in place. And then all of a sudden a month later, when things really take off, you're really happy that you have positions. Uh, in some of the best stocks that that have just broken out. Exactly. And I think that's the point that, you know, both of us are trying to make over the um, last week's podcast, as well as this one, is that the, the follow through is a very important concept, but by itself, um, it doesn't mean you, can we go back to that slide oh, you real want, quick? You want to go, yeah, just, you know, um, there's one other point that I wanted to make on there that, um, and as you were saying, that it, that it pulls in for a bit, um, and that's normal action. And so that's why you don't just plow in and go super heavy. You wait until you start trending above your 21-day moving average. And that is that, that kind of fuchsia purple line there where your low is being um, maintained above that. And as it starts happening, that's when you start putting on the gas. And that's all I had to say on that one, uh, Arusha. Oh, perfect. So the market's in a correction, and remember, we're still in a bull market, but now <laughs> it could be day number four and on. So we could go back in an uptrend at any time, but remember, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. That's just the first thing that we're looking for. So let's take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to go over more historical precedents. Stay tuned. I am here with Scott St. Clair. Scott's one of our senior product coaches at MarketSmith. Now, Scott, there are a ton of publicly traded stocks just on the U.S. I think it's over 5,000 stocks. Who has the time to go through all of these stocks and find the very best ones? Yeah, most people don't, right? So what you need is a tool like MarketSmith. We have decades of research on what makes a great winning stock. So we've done all the research for you. So we're going to try to highlight those specific stocks with those great data points. So if you're looking for that next great potential big winner, orange stock ideas button, you just click on it and you've got some of the main reports that we use, including the Growth 250. Yeah, and the Growth 250 is the first list that I go through on the weekends. Yeah, it's the most popular one, but there are others. There's the Breaking Out Today, Stocks Near a Pivot, and then the Blue Dot List, right, which is very popular. It's gonna show you the stocks with the best relative strength. So we've done a lot of the work for you. What you have to do is review these lists. You're going to come up with some of the best ideas in that current market environment. Perfect. Mark Smith saves you time and makes investment research that much easier. For more information, go to Investors.com slash Podcast 2020. 
Mike Webster is our guest on Investing with IBD, sponsored by MarketSmith. Okay, Mike, let's talk about a little historical precedence and uh, maybe put on your stock market history hat, you know, reach back into the Grateful Dead realm that you have there. Put yes. on stock. You, you kind of <laughs> lost it. it. The, the, the dead. It, the, doesn't, it doesn't like it. No, it thinks it's, it's a it's green not, screen. It's gonna, yeah. It's, you're, it's, we're losing your head now. That's not going to happen. Okay. This is reality. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. So Mike has put it back on. And uh, okay. So let's go to 1980. I'm going to pull up uh, the, the screens here, uh, the PowerPoint. I'll blow it up. Yeah. And, and so while you're pulling that up, what, yep. I just want to kind of lay out what we're going to do with this segment is chronologically last week we started with the 30s and kind of went forward and and, and looked in you know um i think up to 73 74 right. and we then we ran out of time because this is kind of you know packed full of information and so what we decided to do this week is to kind of start where we we left off and we're going to go through you know most of the major bear markets that happened post 73 and we're going to use the the Nasdaq for for all of these, so that way you guys can have a reference piece. Some of them are going to um, lay out or lay nicely with our current um, bear market, and other ones something you're going to use for for future ones. So this is uh, April second, nineteen eighty. Yeah. So um, this is kind of a a unique one in that um, you have that other correction in October that you came out of. And and when we were going through the very beginning of this mess, I was thinking that it kind of resembled um, that in a way, but then it, things got much worse, like what happened here in, um, you know, really February to March, April of 1980. And you can see it was just falling straight off a cliff there and on that bottom day, it's a little bit unusual to have a um, a down day that that is that bad, and then have an inside day the, the, the following day. So that oh, in yeah, so that, you're you're you're, you're oh, I've I've here. moved on to the the current one. Yeah, over okay. here. So so there's your down day, and that the low of that day becomes the low of your rally. And what's unique is that our first day or our day one of the rally is this widespread, but it's still a, an inside bar of meaning the high and the low are contained within the high and the low of the prior day, that really bad day that even had a gap down. So it's even worse than, than it looks. Right. So typically you don't have that. You have it more where you undercut the prior low and you, you turn and reverse. So this is unique. Um, and one to just kind of, you know, put away for the next time something like that happens and you don't buy it on that day. You don't buy it the next day. You wait for a follow through day, which is, um, the April 2nd here. And you have, you're up 2%, which you see up in the top right hand corner. And the volume isn't higher than average, but it's higher than the prior day. And that's all that matters. That's the a bill rule that he came up with is you just want to see, a pickup in volume. A nice pickup in volume is better, but you don't have to have it. And and Mike, one, one other thing that's uh, interesting here and, and something to keep an eye on, especially even in the, the market that we're right now, is looking for an undercut of key support areas. And mm -hmm. so you have that 132.49 right here. And so that gapped on you. And you might have mentioned this, but uh, that gap down, it undercut there and came right back up. You're shaking out a lot more people, and actually, even 
it's one twenty eight seventy four too. Yeah, you're yeah. not you're knocking out a lot of uh, a lot of uh, shareholders at, at this time and, and scaring everyone who wants to be scared out. And a lot of times, once you shake out everybody and all the sellers are gone, that's what gives it the power for the market to start moving up again. Such a great such a great point. Um, so why don't we move forward? Okay, so now this is May 13th of 1980. Okay, and let's just see. You know, on this one, what's interesting is that um, you'd moved up and then you kind of went sideways for a couple of weeks before you had your next thrust back up above your 21 day. So it kind of reminds me of our current market where um, that we're so far below our 21 day that it's going to take some time to get back above it. And that's really once you, the, um, the area where you know that you're really confident to start, you know, kind of putting on the, on the gas. Yeah. And let's move forward. Okay. And here, so, this is uh, July 14th of 1980. Yeah. So this is just showing you a very powerful, this is about when people talk about a V recovery, this is about as V shaped as, you know, as they come and, and yeah. they're, they're on the rare side. Cause typically you need, more time going sideways and another shakeout to, to happen. But you don't always, you don't want to think, oh, you know, this can't happen because it has happened in the past. And this is a great ex example of it. And you just, you, as long as you were above your 21 day, you were fine. And, and, and one key thing here, and, and we, we spoke about this last time too, when it was falling apart, huge, huge volume bars. And then as it started, especially once it got about back above the, the 21 day moving average, also those bars got a little bit tighter and now it's just more just crawling up. So the, the bulls go up the stairs, the bears go out the window, <laughs> which is not, not necessarily the, the nicest analogy, but it, it is kind of a classic thing in Wall yeah. Street. And so this is now a weekly chart. And so that's what we're going to be showing you with most of these examples is kind of what it looked like at the very beginning of it as it started trending right. and then stepping back and, and seeing kind of the, the bigger picture of why you don't sit and wait for that pullback. Because that's what you're going to hear if the market starts ripping up. You'll hear those people say, oh, wait for a pullback. And many times, as we'll see with the other examples they are right, but there are these ones that just keep on going w without you. And so you do need to participate. Um, you just don't have to go crazy unless you're making a lot of progress. Yeah, and, and the, the amazing thing is, is that uh, if you just buy a little bit on that fall through day out of a stock that's breaking out uh, and and that starts to work, it's, it's pretty incredible how quickly your confidence can change. Right. And so that's all that psychology is just trying to get yourself to start buying again. And once you start seeing some evidence, getting some feedback in the market that, hey, you know, this one stock isn't necessarily blowing up anymore. I'm starting to make a little bit of progress. That's going to give you the confidence. That, OK, now let me try another stock that's breaking out maybe a few days later, then another one another week later. Right. And so then it's just going to slowly pull you in and, and within a few weeks in a, in a really good rally you'll be 80 to 100% in and the and then the market really starts taking off. So so that that's probably the the amazing thing about these rallies how they how they really work in the beginning. It's not obvious, but they're not shaking you out suddenly. Exactly. And if, if you listen really uh, closely, you can hear Georgia whining in the background my St. Bernard who wants oh. to come in and, and play but she's bringing Georgia for sure. Well, she'll she um, is part she'll of the 
part of the COVID um, coronavirus thing where we're stuck at home, we tried grooming her ourselves. <laughs> it's, it's not pretty, dude. <laughs> the poor thing. She doesn't know that it doesn't look so good. But um, we're going to have a friend of ours <laughs> come over and, and fix what we did. Um, okay. So this is 1982, the, August 20th, yeah. 1982. So, yeah, with, with 1982, you always, when you hear about um, you know, the bull market, you think, of the bull market from 1982 to 2000, right. very similar to you know what we've talked about before from 1966 to 1982, for the most part was a sideways type of action. So this is a very important um, one to look at. And you can see that you know we had this very kind of classic where at the end of this bear market, you didn't have this big capitulation or a big down day like we just saw with the last example. It just kind of stopped going down and you had a tiny little up day, which is that, can you mark that our day one? Well, well for, first, before that, it looks okay. like we, we had three waves down here, right? Yes. So so that that is one concept that you'll hear us talking about a number of times, yeah, where I, it, I it isn't a necessary capitulation, but it's a more of a wearing out everybody. Yeah, and we're going to see that, a really good example of that when we go over the 2003 um, uh, bear market in just a little bit. Okay, so here's the first day, yeah, or second day actually. Yeah, so you see that the the first day we call that day one because the the pink day did not close in the upper half, so that was our our day one there. And yep. most people will say, "Oh, don't you need this huge big up day as your day one?" And no, you just need an up day, any up amount, because it's just starting the count of a new direction. But you're not taking action until you get that follow through motion that you had on the, the day of this chart where you're up one and a quarter percent, which was more than sufficient for back then. And you have an increase in volume um, at that time. And, and you know, a couple of days before that, you had a big day, but it was only day three. So you weren't um, ready yet. You needed to give it a little bit more time. So this is your classic day four. Um, and you buy something here, but let's go for Well, this is actually a day five, right? A day five, I'm sorry, I'm day five. Okay, let's, so yep, and okay, so so now you have your fall today, and so then let's we have wow, <laughs> yeah. look at that. So again, kind of like what's interesting about these examples are you know ones that we saw last week, and some of the other ones that we're going to see in a little bit have that that other movement where it comes back down. So I wanted everyone to see these because they don't all do that. And look, imagine if you were sitting on the sidelines saying, I'm going to wait for that pullback. I'm going to wait for that pullback. I don't believe right. it. Right. Then the pressure builds and then, you know, you start doing silly stuff and you try, try playing catch up. So that's why you want to take some action. And just like what you were saying um, on the last one, you build that confidence by getting a little bit of a cushion underneath you. Um, but focus your eye on that 21 day, your low is above it. Um, and that's really all you need to know. And you have that huge move up. Yeah. And, and that, that's the beauty of the fall through day system. It, it's simple enough to adapt in any environment. We saw it last year when everyone thought that, uh, it couldn't be a V-shaped rally and, and we had a fall through day. I, I didn't even believe it, but it was like, okay got to follow the rules and buy something right mm -hmm. and then then it just really just uh just uh, built on its momentum and just carried through and uh really fooled everyone the, the only difference is uh 
you, you could have been fooled at, but if you were following the rules and listening to the market, you would have had positions while getting fooled. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm glad I listened to, to the fall today. Um, so that's, that's the beauty. The, the system is simple and uh, that it can adapt. It adapts to, to any type of environment. And one thing that you can do is let's say on that follow through day, there's not any merchandise out and not any perfect stocks, you know, setting up right. You can just buy, you know, the spiders or the cues. Um, now it's controversial because some people really are against that and, and think that you should only buy individual stocks and there's nothing wrong with that. There's all sorts of ways of trading. The way I look at it is if you have a valid follow through, then go ahead and that you can't find anything perfect buy an appropriate amount of the cues or the spiders, you know, an ETF that represents the market. And then as you start seeing things um, breaking out, you can sell some of that. I call it a source of funds. Use those cues, sell some of that um, to buy the stock that's breaking out of the, the perfect base. So uh, that way you don't get left behind. Perfect. Let's go on to the, the next example. Well, here's a weekly chart on 1983. And this was the rally. <laughs> That led to the that bill. Bill was heavily invested in and led to the him get the getting the funding to start IBD. Yep, exactly. And and here is where you can see those three waves down that you were talking That's about. Right. It's a lot easier on on the weekly chart. And again, this is the poster child for um, you know not waiting for that pullback that never happens. Imagine you finally get the pullback up here at the very, very tippy top, and now it's ready to pause for a while. Right, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just amazing. Just listen to the market. And, and if you just know these simple, simple techniques and simple signals, just listen to them, try it. Sometimes they don't work. It's not like they, these falter days always work. They definitely don't, especially in more volatile, uh, really serious bear markets, but no bull market has ever started without one, and, and that's what you always have to keep in mind. Exactly. Now we have a fun one coming up next. And this is 87. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, okay. Yep. 1987. So this is the one that's on, you know, everyone's mind right now because, you know, we just crashed. We, you know, we, right. we just crashed. And this is the, the kind of the scary one because you're so far away from your 21 day like we are now. And then you get a follow through, but in this kind of weird position, it's um, right before you hit that, that 328.82, there's actually a day, the day before that. Um, do you see that as you're bouncing off the bottom? Yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, yeah. So right here, yeah. right? Yeah, you actually so get, yeah. you get your follow through there, but it's not convincing. You know, with yeah. that big, huge move down that you had, it's this tiny little day. It does qualify. It was up 1.89%. So it was more than enough to have. And so you're still looking for something to buy. You yeah. put a little bit of fee because you have to respect that. You put a little bit in. And if it doesn't work, you quickly back away. Maybe you take a percent hit to your portfolio or something. You're going to get nicked. Uh, but you have to respect that and, and you look for, and, and you put a little bit of money work and see what happens. Yeah, and then as you close below that follow through day, that's kind of where you're starting to back away. And that's your first line in the sand. You don't have to let it go all the way back to the lows, which was, you know, the 288.49 at the absolute lows. That's telling you that, you know what, this follow through, um, you know, isn't ready yet and you want to give it some more time. 
and um, you know, kind of wait for either another real follow through or to get back above your 21 day and which is that fuchsia line there. I think I'm going to have to let Georgia in in a minute because yeah, let, let um, Georgia. In. Um, but let's get through this example first. And so let's move forward one chart. Okay, and you can see no, no back one. Oh, yeah, Did I back mess one. Up? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So here you can see once we start getting above your 21 day, which it just yes. needed time to to um, for that to happen, that's when you're really going to be making progress. So this is really kind of that pullback that that everyone is saying that will happen. You know, let's say we get a follow through tomorrow, maybe something like this um, ends up happening. And so just wait to start trending above that that 21 day to to feel confident. Okay, so now we're moving on to 1990. This is October 18th, 1990. Iraq War One, Bush One. Yeah, so this is a big deal, right? And this is, you know, very substantial move down, you know, just like what we're, you know, going through right now. Yep. Um, and look at this tiny little follow through, but it's up enough. It's 2.2%, but in relationship to the entire move, it just doesn't look like a lot. So, all follow-throughs are not created equal. You don't have to plunge on each one. You just have to buy some amount and in, in relative to you know how it is looking. But this is kind of that, it had that classic bottom day where you had a nice upside reversal and it just held in tight there. Um, and then you got this thrust, which was the follow-through day where you have a pickup in volume, you close near your highs and you have to be taking some action. Um, let's move forward a slide. And just very quickly, mm -hmm. the uh where have the, the drawing thing here we go uh here's your upside reversal that you were just talking about yes right? so, exactly yeah. so an upside reversal if you're new to charts is just when you you undercut some sort of area it looks like you're going down all day and then at some point it turns and then goes back up so you've cleared out you know you've shaken out below um any recent lows um certainly the, the most recent week's lows and then you close in the upper half the assumption at that point is that you're going to move higher. The same thing uh, works in reverse. If you can go up to the top there at the four, uh, 470 and 30 cents, um, that you had a downside reversal there where it looked like it poked up into new high ground for a second and then came down, closed at the lows. And when that happened, your assumption is going to go lower. Not all the way down here. It's just a, a short-term uh, directional change um, thing that you're always paying attention to. And then again, so this is that same time frame, but we went out a bit. And this is why, you know, if you want to wait a little bit, just wait until your low starts trending above your 21 day, which is your, your safer bet, because this one did have that nice little pullback in there. Right. And then it moved above it. This is telling you that, okay, you know, it's time to start really making some, you know, um, putting some chips in. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's not like they're always rocket ships when they, when they, we get the fall today. It takes time to to for these moves to happen. And everyone, and it's funny, and this is psychology once again, everyone will buy at different times as the, as the conference comes in, but everyone panics at the same time, which is why you get these vicious kind of selling uh, days. So, uh, so you want to just keep that in mind as this goes along. It might not be a rocket ship right when you get a fall today. 
and that's your weekly. So you can see that there's a roller coaster of a of a time frame where you're you know you're having these multiple bear markets, but you've got to pay attention to the follow through because that's how you're going to participate in this upside. Okay, oh. so this is 1998, September 8th of 1998. Well, if you've never seen this before, you guys are in for a wild ride. This one is crazy. This is so fascinating. And I remember trading back then, and that's we don't have enough time to get into that. But this is really interesting time, and long-term capital um, was blowing up. And anyways, you have, you've come down, kind of a mini crash. Um, then you have this nice upside reversal, like we were talking about, very classic looking bottom. And then you go out, what is that? One, two, three, was that the fourth or fifth it looks day? Like the fifth day. Yeah, the fifth day, you've got this really powerful follow through day, um, increase in volume, you're up 6%, uh, closing at the highs. It doesn't get prettier than that. So you start buying at that point and let's, um, let's move forward. And look what ended up happening. That's brutal. Um, yeah, you get you so ran here's right your fall through that right there. Exactly. That's where we were just at. And then it ran up into the 200 day, which is your um, your black line, and then the 50 day, which is a declining line right there. And it just couldn't um, break that resistance. And that's why you got to take it one day at a time. And really pay attention is as the stock as it started breaking back down below that 21 day, um, if you could mark that. So it ran into the ceiling of the the um, the 50 day and the 200 day, and you can see how it, it broke that that 21 day. You had some bad days closing at the lows. You need to back away. You don't know how much worse it's going to get. That that follow through is running into trouble. And look, it comes all the way down and, and creates the most classic pink day rally day ever where you have this huge spread close, uh, you know, shook out um, and then closed mid range or the slightly higher. Um, and then you have this, uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, That's I'm like trouble fourth counting. Day. Fourth day follow through. Oh, actually, well, if you're counting the pink rally yeah. days, one, two, three, four, fifth day follow through. Yeah, fifth day follow through up 2%, um, increase in volume. Again, pay attention to the volume on here that's less than average. So you're gonna always hear people say, oh, you need this huge volume on on a follow through. Well, those are people that haven't really sat and studied reality because the reality is that doesn't happen in a lot of these cases. So that was your follow through. Let's move forward. And now it's do you see ship. where you start? Yeah, you had that rocket ship. This is where Bill was buying AOL and, and Schwab and made a fortune off of those. Um, and he was pressing hard early on. And But look at how you're trending above your 21 day. And that's such nice action. And now you're in new high ground. Um, and I got and the, one, one second, let, let, me, sure. let me properly, uh, the, the follow through day was here. Yep, that was the follow through day. And then if you could And really then the next day, was that was that a fall today too, or the volume was, was it, lower uh, a little bit? Let's see, it looks like it was from, I'm having trouble lining it's, it's, up. But it's it coming, like, I'm having trouble lining up yeah, too. Um, it looks like it was a uh, an additional follow through day um, there, which is something we pay attention to for the first 25 days from the low. It's part of market school that um, Charles Harris, Justin and Nielsen and myself put together about nine years ago now, where we came up with a bunch of rules. And we found that a lot of these 
follow-throughs that end up working have additional follow-throughs, days that qualify as a follow-through, but they happen after your first one. Mm -hmm. And it's just a sign to get in, you know, to put more chips in, um, not to plunge, but it's a gra it becomes a gradual thing, just like moving above your 21 day, having your low above your 21 day and closing up for the day. That's another sign to, um, you know, start getting in deeper. And you can see that. Can you point to the first day where you're above your 21 day, um, where your low is? That's the beginning of this nice trend up. That's so right. even if you just wait until that point to start getting heavy, you know, it, it's um, it never looked back from there. And and once again, another thing, learn to, to love the shakeouts, right? Here's that other key shakeout. When you see that, you know, what, what's everyone's instinct? You're breaking a key support area. Oh my God, this market is going lower and lower. And Mike talks about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Expectation breaker, right? If yeah. it breaks that, now you're expecting to take a, another big leg down. And if it doesn't, and all of a sudden it comes back in a few days, that's your expectation breaker. Maybe this market now is finally shaking out everybody and might have the power to move up higher. Yeah, that's why that pink rally day that we had three days ago was so nice because it was right. not as classic as this one, but had that classic feel of it shook out and it closed up. And, and yeah, you could feel the panic that, that switches from kind of a, a panic selling to a, a FOMO of a fear of missing out where people exactly. are buy, buying stuff. But I think we have a monthly chart to kind of put things in perspective um, on here. here. Oh my God. Yeah, look at that. Matt, so what you should do is when you have time, and so this is after the top in, in 2000, is to go back and study this on Markets uh, Smith and, and um, use the change date feature and go through you know, day by day. It's, it's time consuming, but just pick one of these bear markets a week and study it um, and play back what, what the two of us have talked about and learn from that. And that's, you know, I cannot tell you how many, you know, hours and hours of, uh, I've spent just studying these and you still pick up new stuff. You know, like every time I'm, I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that before. So you can never look at it uh, too much. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as even reading the How to Make Money in Stocks book or listening to some of Bill's old tapes or even listening to some of these podcasts that Mike are on or, or some of uh, the other great canceled investors that we've had on uh, and they're talking about their experience. It, there, there's a point where you're, you might not be ready to hear those <laughs> that information. I remember after a few years, I picked up the How to Make Money in Stocks book and started reading about the relative strength again. I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize he was talking so much about the RS line. Because mm -hmm. I I, my experience wasn't up to that point to really notice those words and the wisdom that Bill was talking about there. So the more and you watch- well, along those you lines, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. The, the no reminiscence of a stock operator, yes, exactly. one of Bill's favorite books and, and certainly mine and your favorite book yep, too, right? Besides definitely. Bill's, that the first time you read it, it's just a story. And then after you've traded for a while, you're like, oh my God, th there's really nothing out there. Bill's book is very nitty gritty and it's like, you know, it's like a step-by-step -step of like a recipe right. of how to trade versus Livermore's book, The Reminiscence of a Stock Operator, is a story. And as you're reading this story, you're understanding all these key things. And, and if you don't do anything else but read Reminiscence of a Stock Operator, you're going to be a great trader. It, 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 it's just um, nothing better than that. 
uh, it's shocking at how brilliant that book is. Um, yep. I mean, it is amazing how many lessons uh, there, there are in that book. And you really want to try to read that one every year because you're going to learn something else in, in these stories. Uh, All right. So now 2003. Yeah. So this is what you were pointing out the three waves down That's earlier. Right. So we're going to kind of go through that. And so we started off the show with in segment one of talking about 1933. And this is very similar. If you recall, in 1933, at the bottom of 32, you had this quick rally up um, where you doubled. And it's very similar to this time frame of October of 02, where you had this quick rally up. Um, and it doesn't look like uh, as much as it was because the chart is compressed. But that was a huge move. You went from... Yeah. 1108 to 1521 in a blink of an eye. And then yeah. you started going through, um, you know, distribution, you're underneath your 50 day, you need a follow through day. So this is where, this is probably the most important one of what we're doing um, to get down is that not every follow through works. And so we're going to go through this one kind of quickly, but go back and, and spend time um, uh, paying attention to it. So here's our first follow through that we okay. have. We're up 2.67%. So you try it, you take a shot, yep. buy something, you try it. Yeah. And then it failed. It, right? it, it fails, right? Yeah. Exactly. So you get back out, you, you broke through your 50 day pretty much right away. You, um, you're back through your 21 day. So you back away and you're waiting for another follow through. Um, and then we have it here, you know, we're up 1.5%. We've got to pick up and we've got to pick up in volume. So we've got a follow through in here. So we're going to give that another shot. And guess what? It's not going to work out. And finally, you, this is the one that worked out and it, you undercut your lows. Um, so this is your three waves down that we, that you were talking about earlier, which is this, the, the classic example of three waves down where it doesn't shake you out the first time it shakes you or the second time. Finally, that third one is going to get every last person there. People, you know, think that they've got everything figured out. That's when the game changes. And now you have this beautiful follow through uh, closing at the top of the range. You're finally able to make it above your 200 day, nice volume up, up 3.88%, but you still don't go plunging. This looks just like 1932. 33. And I remember uh, distinctly as this was happening in the prior weeks to this, discovering and studying the 1932-33 um, and, and the parallels between this, um, this time frame. And I shared it with all the PMs. I walked through, I, I'd marked everything up. And, and, and one of the PMs, of course, was Bill that I showed it to. And he right away, he got it. In fact, we were faxing them back and forth. And then, wow. and he really got into it and understood what was going on. Now, you got to remember during that time frame, we'd been kicked around from March of 2000 to this time frame. So, you know, someone here in the new kid has this, you know, theory that we're just like 1932. Right. It, didn't, it didn't really go over well, except with Bill. And he completely bought into it. And we got very aggressive because we understood that, you know, and I said at that point, I said, if I'm not right on this precedent, you know, I think I need to find a new career because I was, I was that convinced of it. Never, ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, an, an, another key thing here was, so you had this powerful fall today, but you had a number of the best stocks in the top industry group breaking out on that day. You had Yahoo breaking out, Amazon broke out, and a, a new IPO named Netflix 
was, was starting to run at that point too. So you had reason to get exposure in the market. The leaders were starting to emerge, go up. Even Netties, I think maybe a, a month later in April, start, started to, to really move at that point. Yeah, and Bill was already pretty heavy into eBay at that point because right. he had right. started buying it in in, in October. October. Right. So now this um, the chart looks kind of a little funny, but this is just out a few months from there. Um, so when and there's your follow through day, and notice how it had a couple of weeks where it needed to kind of pause and digest things. Then you started trending above your 21 day, very powerful move. Um, let's go out to the next chart to to see the context of it. Um, so there you can see kind of, you know, us coming down from 2000, hitting bottom 2002, then that follow through that we were just talking about. A really, really build. big move in the market. And also like, really another three waves down. Exactly. Exactly. So that psychology is always working against us. So you just have to be aware of it. Okay, Mike, let's just very quickly, we, this is a very, very long segment, the longest segment ever in the history of podcasts, I think. But uh, let, let's just very quickly just touch base on 2009. Most people can relate to this. You had a falter day here, two, two falter days uh, before that failed, kind of like 2003. Uh, your quick points here. Yeah. And so on this one, um, you want to look at other indices besides just the NASDAQ. And so typically the S&P 500 is the other one that you want to look at for all of these examples, because there are times like, and I think this was one of them, where you get that signal on a, a different index before the NASDAQ. So really just those two, the S&P and, and um, the NASDAQ, historically the Dow. But this was classic because the fear was, it was so rampant and, and everyone thought the world was coming to an end and it could have, but it just stopped going down at the very bottom. You didn't have a capitulation. Everyone was waiting for a capitulation. You just started going up. You had another follow through. There were tons of failed follow throughs over the prior year, but you have to be willing to step back up and, and buy it yet again. And let's see what happens going forward. So now you start trending above your 21 day. So as that's happening, you're getting more and more aggressive um, because there wasn't a ton of merchandise to buy, but that, you know, that was the beginning of this, you know, uh, this recovery off of the, you know, the financial crisis. And let's move out to the next chart real quick. And this is it on a, on a weekly. So you can yeah. really see that entire massive move that it had off of that bottom there and why you have to pay attention to every single follow through. Know that lots of them are, you're gonna get nicked up, but if you wanna participate um, in a big move like this, you have to use something that works and a follow through works. Perfect. So there are a number of fall through examples uh, to take a look at, especially you've gone through the last two episodes with Mike. Uh, you have the most significant falter days that are applicable uh, to the market that we're in right now. So coming up next, we are going to talk about three current stocks. We'll be back. I'm here with Scott St. Clair, and Scott is one of the senior product coaches at Marketsmith. Now, Scott, we've both been doing this for a long time, and we know that investment research takes a lot of time. There are so many factors that you want to look into to try to figure out whether this is a stock to buy or not. Quarterly earnings, huge sales growth. Hey, are institutions buying it? The list goes on and on. Yeah, it's a common question. I hear it all the time. I don't have time to, to do this work. So you don't have to spend that much time. If you have a tool like Marcus Smith, we do a lot of that work for you. 
right there on the chart, earnings, sales, group strength, institutional sponsorship, like you just mentioned, right. it's all there in the chart. So it allows you to make a decision much easier. Yeah, and the beauty is that we have in-house analysts that go through the SEC filings, they pull out those numbers, and they put it right on the markets make chart, and all you have to do is analyze them. Yeah, I couldn't imagine having to go to the SEC website and look at the income statement, et cetera. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, and, and, and that would take hours and hours, and in that time, you can go through hundreds of stocks and find the best ones. So don't miss out on a big winner because you don't have enough time to research it. For more information, go to investors.com slash podcast 2020. We are back with Mike Webster on investing with IBD sponsored by MarketSmith. Okay, and the Mike. Grateful Dead. <laughs> and the Grateful well, Dead. Not really, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, so Mike, we, we, let's talk about some stocks here. This has been the, the, a pretty long podcast, but very, very informative. Uh, and you also have a special guest that, that may join us. So uh, our special yeah, guests. Uh, right? Georgia Who, and Violet are, are now joining us because they were going crazy. The, Georgia is the St. Bernard and Violet is the Golden Retriever. And, you know, please forgive the fact that we, we, we tried to groom them ourselves. Never. <laughs> and, and, the, and their favorite stocks are, are is Chewy, C-H-W-Y. Yes. That's what they told. So let's go back uh, to MarketSmith here. And the first stock that we're going to talk about is Atlassian Corporation, ticker symbol T-E-A-M. And Mike, you know, when I look at this chart, if I'm just looking at the price and volume action, this chart is really sloppy and wide and loose. It's I don't know horrible. why you're going to bring this up. It, it, no, it's, it's horrible. Um, and so I think that's a, such a great point that, that you're making. If we were to have looked at the same chart three months ago, I would look at it and say, this is, you know, complete garbage. It's all over the place. You don't want to touch it. But you always have to look at the market within the uh, the stock, within the context of what the market's doing. And that's why Bill was smart enough to put that, that index line at the top of the charts. And so the fact that the, the market has been coming straight down and it's been trying to fight it and it's, it's um, you know, hasn't done it perfectly. But what's nice about it is let's go out to the weekly for a second because there's so much you can see on that, that it was able to hold up above the low of that long base basing structure that it formed. So it didn't quite undercut it um, and it got support in there. And those we have two key weeks of supporting action where um, if you look at the closing range for each of those uh, two red weeks that we just had is very, you know, there it's in the upper half. So again, that's telling you that there are you know, signs of you know, accumulation. People are wanting to support the stock, even though it's kind of at crazy valuations. But you, if you look at all the fundamentals over there on the left side of the chart, I mean, it's, it's darn near perfect. It's almost like our long-term leader um, caliber of stock, which is a new feature we have at, at Investors Business Daily, where it really focuses in on stocks that have very stable long-term um, earnings. Um, and you know, so we've got a 38% growth rate with an earnings stability of 11. Violet wants to be part of this uh, this broadcast. I, I think she 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 likes uh, team two. Violet, come here. Violet, come here, sweetie. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, 
and so you've got that, you know, all the numbers are just solid from the EPS rating all the way down. There's really no holes um, in the stock. And even the sales growth is, you know, steady in the 30s and 40 uh, percent. And that RS line is, is just absolutely beautiful. What's your take on this one? No, this is, this is exactly why you want to pay very close attention to the RS line, because that's going to put it in perspective here. Uh, what are the the stocks that are outperforming? Because the price environment isn't necessarily going to always stick out. We already know Atlassian's a great, great company. Uh, and we it's use done, it here at the firm. We, we use it here at the firm. We use Confluence. We use Jira. All the product team, the developers, this is, this is how we do it. You know, they'd have to deal with me where I say, you know, I give them all the requirements or Mike's telling me something. And then we, we I give it to the, the product team and they're, they're, they put it down in, into, the, into Jira and Confluence and they document it. And then... Uh, they try to get into a release uh, down the line. Uh, so we know the company's great. They're doing some amazing things. They're riding this huge trend of the cloud and making everyone's lives easier on, for the developers and the product uh, teams. So the story's there, but that RS line, that that's really the big thing because that's going to show you the stocks that are holding up the best in this uh, brutal bear market. And uh, let me clear out the, the lines here. But if I go back... Here's the, the S&P 500 chart. Yeah, it's falling I mean, off a that cliff, puts man. it in perspective there, right? Yep. This this goes, it, it's falling apart. And, and what, the S&P's off 25% off, maybe more off its high. But meanwhile- uh, 27 Atlas- as of the close. Okay, thank you. So 27% off the high. Meanwhile, Atlassian's just going sideways. It's only 10% off the high. And, which and is right just is amazing for it's a cloud incredible. stock, right? Because you would yeah. think that with these stocks that are trading at these huge valuations, that those would be the ones that are off 70, 80% off their highs. Right, but, exactly. But that's almost one of the things that you can do right now is just do a percent off high screen for you know anything with, with good fundamentals. And those are the ones that the guys and girls that are controlling the billions of dollars are deciding to make their plays and, and, and building positions in. Yeah, and and what what's also interesting is Atlassian, and when remember twenty eighteen the way it ended that that was a very quick twenty uh, percent correction there in the in the market. What did Atlassian do? It built a couple with handle, and it was the one of the first stocks to take off then. And look at the nice run that it went on. So mm-hmm. it it a lot of these great stocks they're going to fight the trend if they're doing amazing things they have a chance to do it again. It's not guaranteed, but the ones that hold up the best, once that pressure is relieved, and now we're back in an uptrend and the wind is behind uh, these stock sales, the best ones are right into new highs and everyone's winning at that point. That's why we like to have stocks that are right near new highs because there's not a lot of disgruntled shareholders who've lost a ton and now they're just looking to break even. So they're they're extra and new sellers at that point. When these are new highs, everyone's winning uh, and we want to be in those type of stocks. And one final point on this before we go to the next stock is as you were saying out of that cup with handle, if you just uh, step back from the chart and only looked at the uh, a break of a 10-week um, moving average, that would have you know, got a bulk of that move up. And that yeah, was your, your decisive break of your 10-week line. And then it did turn and move higher, but you know, nothing is perfect. And, and it really is a lot, it allows you to um, lock in a lot of the gains, just using it, you know, buying it at the breakout, waiting for a decisive break of your 10-week line. 
Perfect. Okay, so let's go to the next stock and ticker symbol is NET. This is a new company named Cloudfare. They just went IPO on uh, September 13, 2019. And uh, before the whole coronavirus, a lot of these new uh, cloud-related companies, especially ones that were optimizing a lot of the data that's happening on the web. I mean, it's it's amazing if you look at some of these charts of the amount of data that's being collected by everyone. And that's requiring huge bandwidth too, right? And so any, any company that's uh, involved in either security or managing this traffic, uh, they're gonna have a lot of demand for their services too if they're they're really good. This yeah. one is hanging up quite uh, exactly. Well. Anything in the firewall space is you know is always you know produces a lot of great companies over the years. And um, so what I like about this one is um, the the fact that last week's action was really telling. But, you know, it came out and I, I saw it when it broke out and we, we've talked about it on IBD Live a few times, but I wasn't that crazy about it. I thought it was a lower quality stock just because the base wasn't that perfect. But last week's action really, um, you know, told me that there was something special here. But the fact that it was able to have that much buying go in there, have a huge spread, right. closing near the highs, that really opened my eyes up and said, wow, there must be something special here. It doesn't have earnings yet. Um, you know, it's one of those stocks that is just trading off of the sales, huge sales growth uh, without earnings, you know, anytime soon. So that wouldn't, it would make it from, we've talked in the past about grading stocks. It couldn't be an A stock just because it's, it's not profitable, but it has enough of those other things going for it, really meaning this support in this major correction. Can we look at um, the daily chart real quick? Yep. And again, if this was a normal environment, this would be a horrible chart, um, you know, wide and loose all over the place. But right. what we mean by wide and loose, if you're new to our style, is just the big spreads, the distance between the high and the low on any given day or over a few weeks. If it's just, you know, um, has tons of price discovery, it's telling you that people don't know what to pay for it. And that's what's happened here. And even earlier today, it looked really good. Um, it looked like it was going to be breaking out into, you know, um, and make a run for 24 kind of near the old highs, but it wasn't able to do it because of the general market, um, you know, kind of paused and, and, and came down. So I'm keeping an eye, a close eye on this one, really because of that action that it had, that it had last week. Yeah, no, and you want to once again, keep the ones that are right near new highs. Newer companies are always great. If you want to learn more about the stock, you can always click on the little link right there to go to cloudfair.com, go to the events and presentations uh, part of the website. And there, a lot of times they'll have these beautiful pro uh, PowerPoint presentations that they've used to present uh, at analyst conferences and, and things like that. Uh, and you can really learn a lot about the the company. It's funny you mentioned that because earlier today when I was looking into it, I was on their website and you want to do that for every stock because you learn so much. And, and it was really nice how I was looking at their pricing structure from their free stuff to their kind of, you know, small business all the way up to their enterprise. And it really seemed laid out in a very logical fashion. Um, and, and I was quite impressed. And sometimes you look at a website the chart looked good. The numbers look okay. And then you go to the website and you go, oh, I'm not really crazy about this business. Right. So um, very, very helpful to do. Okay. Let's go to the third stock and it's DocuSign, ticker symbol 
D-O-C-U. And this is one we've spoken about before. A lot of people now, I think, can relate to it, especially if you've bought a house or, or some kind of real estate or done some kind of contract in the last five years. You might have used one of these uh, online electronic uh uh, contract kind of signing things it makes life a lot easier. Mike, uh, what do you like about the stock right now? Yeah, I like the similar to uh, the last one. I like the the action that it had over the the past couple of weeks. First, it was really trying to hold up as this as the market was coming down, um, and then it finally broke the fifty day and went pretty much straight down to the two hundred day, which is that black line. But it was able to get support off of there. So while it is kind of wild. And, and crazy in here, um, you do, you know, it is only 12% off its highs as of the close. I mean, that's very significant given where the market is right now. So that's telling you that the people are wanting to pay up for this, even though, you know, it is at a kind of a nosebleed valuation for people who, you know, trade from a value standpoint. But let's go to the weekly on here because these numbers are amazing. Um, you know, Look at the the sales growth is really uh, really strong, but um, I'm focusing in on those estimates. You know, having two years of 60% plus estimates, that you know that's a massive massive um, uh, increase. Very you know uncommon to see. And you know, it's yeah. And really- also, Mike, uh, I'm looking at the annual earnings here. It goes from negative eight cents to nine cents to 31 cents to 50 cents to 84 cents when you're throwing in those estimates too. So um, it's dramatic, dramatic uh, increase in earnings. And it makes sense, right? This trend is not going to stop. These are, uh, this is the leader in in, in the space. Um, and and they're, they're developing a pretty big uh, brand name because everyone's heard of DocuSign now. Yeah, and, and it is what everybody uses. And I can tell you, when I was in college, I was a courier and I would deliver packages from, you know, from a, a you know, the loan department to the person who was, you know, buying the house and back to the title and all the different stuff. Now, no one does that. You're just going to do a DocuSign and, and where it's just electronic and it's instant. And so understanding how when there's important documents that need to be done, whether it's legal or even intercompany, you know, like you mentioned, we use this all the time. Things have completely changed even at our company versus, you know, we used to have inner office mail. Now it's, we do it via DocuSign and it's, um, so it's a game changer. And then you put on top of it, the, the coronavirus fears, uh, no one's going to want to touch documents or, or um, have to deal with people if they don't have to. So this is something that isn't just for right now. I think it's kind of a, a game changer going forward. Yeah. And once again, if you just look at that RS line, uh, it's just screaming to new highs. The stock is only 12.1% off the high. So it is uh, acting very strong and, and definitely uh, worthy of the watch list. So there are a number of ideas worth considering. Thanks, Mike, for joining us today. And let me uh, blow it up again so everyone can see the wonderful Woodstock crowd. I'm wishing I was there, man. Me too. Thanks for having me. me I appreciate it. That's it for this week on Investing with IBD, sponsored by MarketSmith. Next week, we will have Scott O'Neill back on the podcast to talk more about uptrends. So that's it. I'm Arusha Pires, and thanks for listening. And for this week's Milton Charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast 
where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.